listening to The Thief, a sermon series about our enemy and the ways he attacks us. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. Good morning, Elevate. Hey. Well, I tell you what, I was back there just praising the Lord uh, through the, the song service. And can I just say, you sounded amazing. And you know what? Even better than that, the angels in heaven sounded even more amazing with you. I, I felt like going to the altar, and I have to confess, you know, I'm crying back there, and, and I'm a kind of emotional guy anyway, and um, I probably put myself in this position, and I had to go to the altar just a few minutes ago and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me for not being where you want me to be all the time? And that's my prayer to him, and I know I receive forgiveness and, you know, so my God is great. He is awesome. And I, 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 I serve a Savior that I could go to the altar and know that my sin was bought with his precious blood. Isn't that amazing? Wow. God is so good. Hey, so I am so proud to be here. It's been a while. Um, the last time I actually preached was at Elevate in August of 2012, right before we sent, went up to live in Vermont for a couple of years, or Massachusetts, Vermont area, and I haven't really been in front of an audience or a, a congregation like this in a very long time, so if I'm a little nervous, please, please pray for me, but I, I do, I thought it was pretty neat, today is, um, well, it's my twin sister's birthday, and, you know, she's getting older, I am not, and I want to wish her a happy birthday. Um, I, I used to be able to get away with that, but I can't get away with that with her. So I want to teach you a new term this morning before we get into the message. Um, I got to thinking when, when I talked to Pastor Robert about being uh, or preaching up here today, uh, I thought I started working on something, you know, a month or so ago, and, um, and I came up with a new term for this body, this congregation, or something that you could maybe understand. It's not in Webster's Dictionary yet, or Wikipedia, or anything like that, but the word is relevate. Okay, what this means is, and I, I haven't really honed this out right, but to be relevant in order to elevate people to a higher understanding of God's plan and purpose. So at the end of this service, I hope that you will be relevated. And maybe I could share something. <laughs> so, so maybe we could get that in the dictionary, sign a petition or something. I don't know. Um, but we're talking about the thief, right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Robert has shared um, you know, about who the thief is, and we all know that's devil and Satan. And um, I, I think about my robbery story or the story that I'd like to share with you this morning. About 32 years ago, um, my wife, um, which she's in here somewhere, I think, so there she is, she was pregnant with our first daughter. And she had gotten sick. And 
and, and in that, she had to go and spend some nights in uh, the hospital. And so, being the good husband and a, a to-be father, I stayed in the hospital with, uh, with her. I got a phone call. Uh, some friends of ours needed to borrow the washer and dryer. Um, so I said, well, come by the hospital. I'll give you the key. And so they get to the house, and we get a phone call and says, um, we put the key in the door, and the door just went right open. The glass was broken. It, it was an old house. It was built in the 1800s. We were renting, and it had those windows on the side, and somebody had, well, basically kicked the door in, broke the glass, um, came in, and uh, stole some things. And so I came to the house, and we had one of these, um, I don't know, it's, it's an old house, so floorboards and a big heater. That, I mean, it's pretty big, and they had taken, I had an old army coat that uh, they had, I don't know how it got dragged across that heater, but it was just about to, cut, to, to turn into flames. And he was able to drag that out and, and put the, the smoking jacket out, if you will. And, and, we were, and we got there, and we called the police. They did the fingerprints and whatever. And, I, and at that time, 32 years ago, I still knew quite a few people on the police force. And I was talking to them, the ones that came, the investigators, and, and says, you know, so... So where do we go from here? Well, you know, what did you lose? I don't know if any of you remember, but before the VHS, they caught, there was a, a, a video machine called Betamax. Anybody remember that? Raise your hand if you remember that. Big old box, man. You stuck that big old tape in there and, and stuck it in there. Well, you know, we got that inherited from my in-laws. They didn't want it anymore. They, went, they already upgraded to the VCR. Things were expensive. Those things were like eight or $900 back then. So anyway, they took off with that. They took off with some of my wife's cosmetic jewelry out of her jewelry box. Um, a bedspread, I guess, what they wrapped things up in. And so I talked to the police. And I said, well, you know, I, I'll be here tonight. And I'm going to sleep with a gun under my pillow. And I did. And he said, Todd, he said, let me tell you something. He said, if somebody comes in your house, you have every right to protect yourself. But if you're going to fire that weapon because they're, they're stealing your stuff, you better take care and think about what you're doing. And I thought about that. Boy, that was a long time ago. A couple years later, I started a new journey. I came to church. Life was a mess. We had a two-year-old little girl. We had a six-year-old little boy. And our marriage and everything was horrendous until we found Jesus. And I praise God for that time in our lives because that set my foot on a new journey on a new destination. I was no longer hopeless and I had hope and our marriage was saved and our kids were so much better off for it. So that was, that was when I became a Christian. I found real truth in Jesus and my world at that point was drastically changed, altered forever. The trajectory of my life was upward instead of downward. And I thank God every day for that. I'd like to say, and I want to be real with you, 
I want to be relevant with you so you can be relevated. I want to be real. So I want to say, I can't tell you, I would be lying to you if I told you that after that point when I said yes to Jesus, that everything was beautiful and everything was fine and everything was grand, but it wasn't. And I don't want to lie to you because I know who the father of lies is. But we're going to talk some more about how we uh, have a relationship with Jesus. James 1, uh, if I got this, 12 through 18, says this. First, I want to say this. <laughs> Let me get back up here. Proverbs 14, 12. Do we have that? If not, I've got it. There's a, Proverbs says, there's a way that seems right that appears to be right, but in the end leads to death. There is some ways that we think that, that we run our lives and we do things that are, are in our own mind, that they're right and they're good. But the proverb says there is a way that seems right or a way that appears right to a man, but those ways lead to death. So today... I want to talk about identity in crisis. I have a name tag on. I thought it was kind of funny. You know, I, I did have a name tag, but I, I kind of backed off of some things, so I lost my name badge uh, uh, privileges. So I grabbed one today, and it just happened to be somebody that's not here, and it says Robert Andrews. <laughs> I am not Robert Andrews. And let me put it to you, to you this way. If you have a name tag and that's not who you are, you may have an identity in crisis. I really don't. I, I just did that. I thought it kind of, I was talking to Amanda out there. I thought that would be kind of cute. But um, anyway, there we go. Uh, so James, James 1, 12 through, through 18 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted or tempt anyone. Nor does he, well, okay, nor does he tempt anyone, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is full grown, it gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Listen to that. Don't be deceived, dear ones. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father in the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, which he might be a kind of first fruits of all the created. Before I was a Christian, and when I got robbed, when somebody broke into my house and I felt violated, and I felt all kinds of anger, and you, you can, if you've ever been broken into or had something stolen, you know how that is. And I had a gun ready to shoot somebody because. They're stealing my stuff. How much is a Betamax worth today? Can you even find one? That bedspread would probably be right threadbare by now after 32 years. 
Debbie probably would have had me buy 15 more between then and now. How much was that stuff worth? Cosmetic jewelry, worthless stuff that we hang on to as a people. We think we have to have it. We know we have to have it, and we justify in our mind that we need it. But after became, becoming a Christian, I had a new identity. I, I looked at that as worthless pursuits, worthless things and gadgets and all these things, and I looked to what my real and new identity was. And it was in Jesus Christ. Now, we live in a mad, mad, mad world today. And you may be suffering from, with an identity crisis today. Do you know who you are? Who do you identify with? I hear it in the news all the time. I hear it. I see it on Facebook. I see it on Twitter. Well, I don't have a Twitter account. I hear about it on Twitter. And I hear about it in the social medias out there where I identify as this or I identify as that. I, there's people out there that are so screwed up. I don't know who identifies with what anymore because you can be anything you want to be and do anything you want to do just because you have the freedom to do it. Who are you? Who do you identify with? Well, let me tell you something. Think about the thief. Remember the thief. The thief is the devil. He's the one who would rob you of your identity, and here's why we can believe that. It's crazy out there. Everybody has their own rights to do whatever they want to do. Let me tell you something, Christian. Don't let the devil lie to you and rob you of your identity. Because he will. He's whispering in your ear. He's speaking to you even now. He's showing you things that you don't need to see. And we're taking it in hook, line, and sinker. Do you know who you are? I mean, really know who you are. To those, to your, those around you and to yourself, do you know? Are you being real with yourself? Are you fooling yourself? I know, and I'm going to say this, that so many of you are struggling with your identity. And you know what? Just so you know, it's affecting everybody in your life. That means your family. That means your coworkers. That means people in the mall, people in Walmart, people in Target, people, wherever you go. I like TJ Maxx. You'll find me there a lot. That's when Debbie and I go out on a date. We go to TJ Maxx after it's all over with. Oh, that's good. So, it comes down to a question of life and death is the way I see it. Because in Jesus, in Christ, there is life. Everything else is death. What may seem right to you is taking you down a road of destruction. Because the Bible says, remember we've been pressing this point, the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. And Jesus said, I have come that you, each one of you in here, can have life and life to the fullest and life everlasting. Not death. We read it 
He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. So it comes down to the question of life and death. Who is Jesus to you today? Who is he to you today? Is he your savior or is he some guy that, that lived a long time ago that, you know, had some good moral values and he was just a good moral teacher? Who is Jesus to you? Who is in charge of your life? Is it the Holy Spirit or is it the world? Who's in charge of your life? Why are we here? What's our purpose? That's what we hear since the beginning of time. We ask those questions. What will ultimately become of us? And then the big question is, well, maybe not as big as those, but the one big question, the elephant in the room is, who is Satan to you? Well, there's a lot of people out there that will tell you that the devil is not real, hell is not real, and let me tell you, that's a, a lie straight from hell. I, I think of uh, my daughter. She likes the term. She has it on her, um, her car from the uh, Alice in Wonderland movie. Anybody seen that? Raise your hand if you've seen Alice in Wonderland. Just about everybody, I would think. Y'all just not raising your hand for some reason. I don't know. Alice in Wonderland, you know, and the Cheshire cat, you know, kind of mysteriously appears and disappears when he wants to. And um, he, told, she, he told Alice, he said, we're all mad here. It's craziness, I tell you. Things happen, and it's crazy. And she, was, she had a pill in her hand that, that was going to alter her, um, her body and, and change her. And, you know, so we're all mad here. You know, um, things that are, are ab, were abnormal seem to be normal these days. Real truth is replaced with our own personal truth that can change from moment to moment depending on how one may be feeling. Well, you know, I relate to this today, and this is how I identify today. Tomorrow may be different. We're all mad here. Morality is relative and selective to what may be the outrage of the day. If anybody in here is a news junkie like I am, sometimes I watch the news and I get so upset and I need to stop. I try to, try to uh, get off of it, uh, wean myself off of it. But, you know, it's, it's in our face. The outrage. Somebody's mad about something. Somebody's protesting. Somebody's slugging somebody in the face because they don't believe like they believe. And there's so many people out there that are hitting the streets saying, I have my rights and I am outraged that you don't care about my rights. Well, I'm here to tell you today that Jesus doesn't care about your worldly rights either. He cares about your soul. He cares about the very essence of your being. That the God from heaven, who sits at the right hand of God the Father, the maker of all things, gave himself. He came to earth and gave himself for your salvation so that you can live and not die. I don't know if where I'm even close to where I need to be, but we're going to get there. So morality is relative and selective 
<clears throat> to what may become the outrage of the day. Boundaries have become bad and wrong and are to be ignored because they don't fit the longings and desires to satisfy our flesh. Moms and dads, when you set boundaries for your children and they, they blow right past them, do you just let them keep blowing right past them? Or do you get in their face and say, you messed up? My wife's been teaching for over 25 years now, and my, it's, I know there's some teachers in here that probably have, have seen it all in the school system. Moms and dads are just as bad as those kids. I'm not saying they're all bad, but boy, boundaries sure have been blurred, and the rules no matter, they don't matter anymore. We just do what we want to do. Is that the kind of world we want to live in? I didn't want to go here, but I will. I have a twin sister. Her birthday is today. We couldn't be more, we couldn't be more opposite on the spectrum. Number one, she's nearsighted. I'm farsighted. She's a girl. I'm a boy. Believe it or not, people ask me if we're identical twins. I don't know how they figure that out. But, um, but she's a boy. She's left-handed, and I'm right-handed. Um, she is more liberal-minded, I'm more conservative, and we don't see eye to eye. But in the political realm today, she hardly speaks to me anymore. And I think about this as I was preparing for this. The Bible says that in the last days, brother against brother, father against son, Mother against, I mean, it, it's just everybody's against everybody. It, he don't, Satan don't care. He's the destroyer. He's the liar. He's the thief. He comes to kill, steal, steal, kill, and, and destroy. Is that where we want to be as a church? Do you know that over 50% of marriages in the United States end up in divorce? And you know that statistic is true for the church? How are we to survive if we can't get along? Boundaries have become bad and wrong and are to be ignored because they just don't fit our lifestyle. Boy, we can justify um, I do have one point, <laughs> the first point. Satan, the devil, is a thief that's out to rob you of our identity and replaces it with a worldly identity. That's what he's there to do. To take you, your, your mind, your heart, your life, your ears, your eyes, your hands, and your feet. And you know what? He'll rob every bit of that from you. He will take your life. And I believe, I believe this with all my heart. He's sitting back. I could just picture him now sitting back in his easy chair. I don't know if he's got a pitchfork or not. He's laughing at some that call themselves Christians. Because they lack the moral authority through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ to stand up for what is right and what is true 
and what will last forever. And in not doing that, we damn people to hell. That is the drastic truth. The word freedom has a new meaning that allows one to live any way they want. Remember the thief? Our minds, I, when I was doing youth ministry, I used to, I used to pray. I, I used to pray for my youth. God, the devil is out to steal their minds. And when he gets their minds, he gets their hearts. And when he gets their hearts, they're his. And I pray, I pray that, that, that when you come, when they come into my presence, that I would be able to be real enough with them to give them the truth because they need the truth. You young people need to hear <coughs> the truth. He wants to steal their identity. I know it was true years ago that the Catholic Church, they said, give me a child until he's five years old and, uh, and I'll teach him he'll be a Catholic for the rest of his life. And we turn our children over to the devil. And we wonder why the world is so bad as it is. Now, I, re I commend you guys, you ladies and men and ladies that are men, husbands and wives and fathers and mothers that are teaching your children who Jesus is. I commend you because, you know, we need more people to know who Jesus is so that they won't be robbed of their life. I uh, came in a little early today. I grew up here in Vicksburg. And um, I had some time before I came here, so I, I drove around, you know, kind of where I used to live. Where I used to live was by the city cemetery. And I got kind of uh, convicted or drawn or whatever you want to call it um, to drive up to the cemetery. Um, I was born in 1961, and um, I was three years old, and I lost my father in a car accident. So for all of these years, um, since 1966 or 65, whenever that was, 66, I think, um, it was April 6, 1965, that's what it was. So my father was gone. Back in those days, you know, my mom had five kids. I was the middle. Um, I, was, I had an older brother, sister, and I came first in the twins, four minutes. So I, I beat her to the punch. But anyway, um, so there was, and I had a, we had a little brother too. And in, in those days, a mother with five kids, five kids, um, she lost, she lost fam family, friends, and people who didn't want a single mother with five kids around their husbands. I struggled. I struggled every day I went to school because so-and-so, my friend over here, has his dad. They have, I remember in Boy Scouts, and I remember looking at my mom in disgust coming to the, and I know that's harsh, and I have shared that with you on a Wednesday night. I looked at her in disgust mainly because she wasn't my father and she was trying to take his place. Well, I was only three years old. I really didn't know much about him. But, you know, I, when I became a Christian, I realized this, that 
God is the father to the fatherless. And he brings peace and joy and comfort and all the things that I thought that I really needed from my dad. And I really did. I know that. But see, God's so much greater. And he can fill those voids, that emptiness that only he can bring. Satan whispers, you're not worth anything. He whispers in my ears. He closes, uh, you know, uh, the noise of the world, it, it doesn't allow the voice of God to come in. And Satan is right there saying all these things through whatever, music, or um, I, I used to have a song for every mood I was in. I, if I was drinking vodka, I had a song for that. If I was drinking whiskey, I had songs for that. If I was drinking whatever, I had songs for that. Beer drinking music. Man, I had it all. That's what I was filling my life with and not the Word of God. He robbed me of peace and joy. He'll rob you. He's robbing you of peace and joy and comfort and life. He fills our heads with ideas that are contrary to God's Word. Totally opposite. He fills, he, he distracts us with objects of the created and draws our eyes away from looking toward the creation or the creator. He blinds our eyes from what God's best is for us. He attempts to drown out the world, the voice of God with the sounds of the world, and our ears <coughs> are closed to hearing real truth. And when he is successful, and he is successful day after day after day in family after family after family. He is successful in robbing you of life because sin comes in. And as we read, when sin is born and it is finished, it brings forth death. Thousands across Vicksburg thousands across Jackson, Mississippi, thousands across the state of Mississippi and throughout this country and throughout the world are at odds right now because there is identity in crisis. Everybody wants their own way. Everybody wants their own way. Our strength is stolen. Our hope is gone. Our life, when he is finished, is destroyed, and a thief has accomplished what he has set out to do because that's who he is. He came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, if I may ask, here's a question. How does it make you feel when somebody takes advantage of you? How does it make you feel when somebody lies to you, when somebody deceives you, when somebody takes away something that's very precious to you? How many, how many women have been abused? That's a big issue these days. It's all coming back. Things are coming back around. You can make a big issue out of it. The outrage of the day. How many men and women 
are robbed of their innocence because they were deceived by somebody. Well, ultimately, that deception is the devil, the deceiver. But how does that make you feel? Violated? Abused? Hurt? Angry? Bitter? Blaming the world? Blaming God because he wasn't there? Blaming whoever? How does it make you feel? I want you to understand this. The, the, whole, the whole idea behind the thief, he doesn't care about your feelings. All he wants to do is destroy you and do whatever he can to do that. He wants to steal your identity and ultimately destroy you in death. Aye, but we have some good news. Are you ready for some good news? All right. <clears throat> if we'll turn to Ephesians 2, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Do we have that up there? <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I have it on here. Let me see. And I don't know if I can see that back there. My eyes are... But I do have it right here. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Hear what Paul says to the Ephes church at Ephesus. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh. And following its desire and thoughts like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and sealed us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from your, anything you've done or from yourselves it is the gift of God not by works so that no one can boast for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to go, do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do isn't that awesome I mean you know, I'm talking about all this horrible stuff, and we, we, we carry stuff, just stuff, worthless stuff like a Betamax, and we get mad about getting robbed, but we're getting, we're, getting, we're getting off track. Who cares about what the world has to offer? God gave you his son Jesus so that you could have life everlasting. I had a second point here. Well, the second point is, um, it's okay. Satan, the devil, as the deceiver in chief, will replace real truth with many options to your liking. <laughs> He'll give you whatever you want. I, used to, I had a message one time that said uh, Satan was a deadbeat dad. He is. He'll promise you the world and never, never, never come through. He'll beat you. He'll tear you down. He'll break your heart. 
He'll tell you, he'll tell you all kind of promises, and he won't deliver on nothing. And in the end, you're worse off because that's what he does. Um, another thing, the third point I have is salvation through Jesus, only through Jesus, replaces our worldly identity with our original supernatural identity. Isn't that awesome? That we can we could shove and shed and push away and shove away all of the crap that our lives are about, and we can look to Him. And I want to go back to where we started. I want to tell you, it's not always roses in a flower garden. There's trials. We read the scripture, it says, man, blessed is he who, who makes it through those trials. Because hard times are going to come. I can guarantee you that tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up like I usually do after I, I share his word and I have a horrible Monday. And it's all, and I'm going to, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to praise God uh, because I know it is the devil trying to just entice me and steal away any kind of joy that I may have received from his word. He'll do that because that's what he does. Salvation through Jesus replaces our worldly identity with the original, with our original supernatural identity in him. Remember point number one? Satan is the devil, is the thief that's out to rob you of your identity and replaces it with the worldly one. Let me just say, the world hadn't got anything for you. It does not. I may have had some more scripture here, but, but um, I want to ask if uh, Dwayne and... Um, Terry can come on out. Salvation through Jesus changes us from being weak to being strong, from being hopeless to hopeful, from a life of chaos to a life of peace, from fearful to fearlessness, from confused to clarity and purpose, and best of all, from death to life. You, you, my friends, are called by the Creator to do great things. To not look at your circumstances, but look to the future. Not look to where you've been or, or the, what you're going through without any hope, but look with the eyes of hope, knowing that Jesus is there waiting for you. And that you've got your eyes focused on Him. You've set your path. I started on a journey 30 years ago, or 30, 28 years ago, and it hasn't been easy. But I can tell you, if I had time and, and, and hours to, to tell you, the times that God has brought me and my family through so many things, and I can praise Him today because of that. You are created and called to a high calling to represent Him to your family, to your friends, to your co-workers, to all around. 
John 14, 6 says this. Thomas, I know some of you may know who Thomas was. Thomas was the doubter. You know, he wasn't sure that Jesus was, when he came back, that he was really who he said he was. And Thomas asked Jesus, he said, how can we know the way? How can we know the way? And Jesus answered and told him, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. And he said this, he said, no one comes to the Father except through me. You need Jesus to help you through, to set your eyes on Him, to focus on Him, to set your foot toward Him, to change your path, to open your eyes, to open your ears, to open your heart and your mind to know who He is. He's a Savior of our soul. We struggle. We struggle with our philosophies and our beliefs, our wants and desires, including our, our, our physical needs and desires, our sexuality, our, our wants, and, you know, the, the pie in the sky. We struggle. There's not a one person in this room today that can say they don't struggle or have not struggled. We must take heed that we don't allow our hurts and our habits and feelings to determine our identity because Satan will use those against you. Christ paid the price with his own blood so that we could overcome the world. Are you with me, church? You hear what I'm saying? Open your ears and listen to what the Spirit is saying to you. Open your heart to receive what God is speaking to you right now. Know that He is who He is and that He will do what He said He will do in you today.